Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Daniel chapter 6, once you grab your Bibles with me, we're going to jump right in today. Um, I got a message I'm so excited about. We've been in a series called, Are You Ready? And I'm so excited about it. Today's also back to school Sunday. So we, whether you realize it or not, we are feeding your children copious amounts of cotton candy. And um, we've got snacks, jump houses, all kinds of things after the services. So uh, we hope you take advantage of that. But we just want to celebrate our children going back to school. Amen. <laughs> Can we? All right. Nobody thought that was funny, but me. Okay. Well, uh, we want to pray blessing over them uh, and release them into the capable hands of their teachers this year. Praise the Lord. No, but we're praying for a great school year, believing God for great things in the lives of our children. I want to look at a pretty amazing topic that I think is going to help each one of us. Daniel chapter 6. Turn with me if you would. You can click there, flip there. How many know the best Bible is the one you read? All right. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, though, because that's the one Jesus likes best. And uh, Daniel chapter 6, we're going to read 10 verses together. You guys got 10 verses in you? And we're going to dive into this topic that I know is going to help us. I want to talk to you about, are you ready for consistency? Consistency. Everybody say consistency. All right, let's read together. Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces. And he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king chose Daniel. Everybody say Daniel. And two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself to be more capable than all of the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. And the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. Now I want you to pay attention to this. It's worth graffitiing in your Bible. You can underline this, circle it, write it down, whatever works for you. But listen to what they said about Daniel. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. Let's read that one more time. He was faithful, he was responsible, and he was completely trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in his connection with the rules of his religion. And so the administrators and I officers went to the king. They said, long long live King Darius. We are all in agreement. We administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors that the king should make a law that we will, that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions. And now your majesty issue and sign this law so that it cannot be changed an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, now listen to this, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. And he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Would you pray with me? And let's ask the Lord to speak to us through the next few moments together in a way that would transform our hearts. Amen? Father, we love you so much. Thank you for your word today. 
Thank you for your people that are here, Lord. I pray blessing over them. I pray you'd speak to us through the word of God. Build up our lives. Help us look more like Jesus. Help us be more consistent. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I don't know about you, but I have historically struggled with consistency in a few areas. Anybody else out there like me? You guys are going to leave me out here all on my own today, huh? I feel faith from the online campus. They're with me. I can feel it. Um, how many are still eating the same way you were in January? Come on, somebody. All right, five of you. Okay, so I am in the right room today. You know, it's interesting to me. I, I, I think the older I get, the more I realize how important consistency is. Matter of fact, a few years ago, my wife and I, we picked up a little hobby and we put a little salsa garden in our backyard. And uh, we thought it would be cool. We, we, bought, uh, we bought a new place and put some garden beds out there. And every year we, we, we plant these salsa garden. We plant, you know, we, we even get fancy about it. We have like black tomatoes, like not regular tomatoes, like black ones and all these different things. We've got peppers we're growing and we've got beets we're growing and carrots. We've got like a root vegetable garden and, and then like a pepper garden. And then we've got like a tomato garden because they're wild and they just take over everything, you know. And um, we realized very quickly that it's not that difficult to grow certain kinds of vegetables, right? Like, uh, it's, it's pretty easy as long as you can remember to water them consistently. That, that's the thing, right? We, we've realized that if you only water them like every other day, um, there's problems. Uh, as a matter of fact, with the peppers, they get really angry. Like my peppers, they, 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 they won't get the size they're supposed to get. And they're, they're like getting cracks in them and turning red earlier. And I just look at them and I'm like, these things are angry at me. That, that's what they are. I have angry jalapenos growing in my garden right now. And I was doing some reading on it and I realized what was happening is jalapenos get angry if you do not water them enough. Okay, so what I've been doing is starving our garden. That's what it is. And so there, it's not growing the way it needs to grow. It's not producing what it needs to produce. And it's really not any fault of our garden. It actually is my wife and I, we, we need to water our garden a little bit more than we are. It's consistency. And I, I don't know, when you look at your own life, I wonder what areas um, of consistency could grow to produce more fruit in your life. I've actually learned that consistency is one of the key things in our life. I want to give you a couple thoughts just to chew on as we talk about consistency this morning. And if you're taking notes, um, you can write this down. If you're not taking notes, well, take notes this morning. Amen. All right. Number one, write this down. Consistency sets you apart for God. Consistency sets you apart for God. Not only will consistency help your garden grow a little better, but consistency will actually set you apart from God, for God. Listen, listen to the words and the way the scripture describes Daniel. Because to me, this was, this was kind of a challenging deal. It, it inspired me in the way that they described him. It says that he was faithful. It says that he was always responsible. And it says he was completely trustworthy. Now, this might not be a big deal, except Daniel was kind of a big deal. If you know anything about Daniel's life, and I'd encourage you, he's a great person to read about in the Scripture. You can go back and read about his life. Daniel had served multiple kings by this point. Multiple rulers. Daniel had supernaturally interpreted dreams. Daniel had supernaturally interpreted signs and, and, and all kinds of things. Daniel had quite the reputation 
as not only a leader and a governor, not only as a dream interpreter and a spiritual sign interpreter and all these types of things. And yet when they described Daniel, this was not what they used to describe him at all. They didn't say, and Daniel was a miraculous man of might and power that could translate heavenly dreams to those that have them. None of those things were said of Daniel when they talked about his character in private. And that inspires me. And I thought, you know, what a great goal for each of us to have as people. That those who know us best would admire us most. When I look at my own life, I think, man, if there's a goal that I have, it would be that. It's that those who know me best would admire me most. Because it's easy to act like you have it going on in public. It's easy to to step into a public forum and and show up with charisma or show up in your personality or, you know, show up with humor or sarcasm and paint a picture of what you want people to think you are. It's easy to do that at work. It's easy to do. But the people that know you most know who you really are, right? And what a great thing. And I just thought, man, if this was said of me by my family, I would be happy. If this was said of me by my children, I would be happy. If this was said of me by the church, my my friends, my staff, that, man, those who know me the best would admire me the most. And I love that they said this. They said, Daniel is always that way. And, And I just wanted to translate this into my own life. What if our children said that about us? Man, dad is always that way. My husband is, no, he's always that way. Daniel was always that way. Here's a side note. What inspired me even more than that was the people that said this about Daniel weren't even his friends. These were his enemies. These were people that were jealous of his success. And yet when behind the scenes, because how many know people say whatever they want about you when you're not there, (laughs) right? How amazing is this, that when Daniel's not there and they're plotting against him, they're literally having a smack talk session about Daniel. And they're like, well, he's, he's, he's faithful. He's always responsible. Like they're, they're bleeding out these good characteristics of Daniel. You know what I've realized? The people that don't like you watch you the closest. You ever realize that? The people that don't, the people that like you the least watch you the most. (laughs) I don't know why that is, but it's just a thing. I think it was true of Jesus as well. I was talking to our staff this week and I said, you know, if the disciples of Jesus would have watched him as closely as, as the Pharisees did, they would have learned a lot more. Man, the Pharisees, they caught everything, every little thing. Like, I got you. I saw that. I saw that little thing that you did. And the disciples seemed to be oblivious. You know, they got familiar but it's the people that like you the least that watch you the most. Can I just give you a little something? Give them a good show. Come on, give them a good show. Let them see your character. Let them see your love for God. Let them see your steadfast commitment to the things of God. Let them see you loving your kids. Let them see you loving your wife. Let them see you serving the world. If they're going to watch you, you might as well give them a good show. Can I get an amen? And so I love that Daniel just let him watch. Watch while I serve God. Watch while I stay committed to the things of God. But here's something that I need you to catch out of the life of Daniel. Because watch this. This is important. Each of the things they said about Daniel were 100% within Daniel's control. Not a single thing they shared about Daniel 
had anything to do with Daniel's natural gifting. Well, you know Daniel. He's quite the naturally gifted leader. You know Daniel. He's, he's got a gift on his life. You know, he can interpret dreams. No, no, no. He's faithful. He's responsible. He's completely trustworthy. Not a single thing they shared had anything to do with his charisma. Well, that Daniel, you know, he just lights up a room. Man, when he steps into his thing, there's nothing like Daniel. I mean, he's just, wow! You know, you've just got to see Daniel. And none of that. He's faithful, responsible, and completely trustworthy. Not a single thing they shared had to do with his supernatural abilities. Not a single thing they shared with Daniel had anything to do with his personality at all. You know, the Enneagram's big right now. It's like, well, you know, he's an Enneagram 3. You know, he's just, you know, he just lights up the room. Or the disc test, you know, he's an I personality, you know. I'm an S, so, I, you know, I'm not, you know, but he's an I. He walks into a room and it's just, here I am, you know. Um, we like to elevate people based on their natural personality traits. We, we, like to, we like to make it about person. Can I just tell you that more than personality, God is concerned about character. And all of the things that they shared about Daniel, they were completely within his control. And I actually would submit to you that one of the things that stands out most about you is not your gifting. It's not your personality. It is the things that are 100% within your control. Here's a big thought that I want you to have, and you can write this down. You don't have to feel consistent to be consistent. You don't have to feel consistent to be consistent. There's a, a story in Matthew chapter 21 that Jesus tells that is so interesting to me. Because I think oftentimes we have an interesting concept of what it looks like to be obedient to God. What, what it is that God's looking for. What does heaven value? And in Matthew 21, verses 28 through 30, Jesus says this, but what do you think about this? He proposes an idea in the form of a story. He said, a man with two sons told the other boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. And the son answered, nope, I'm not going. Now, how many would like your kids to talk to you like that? All right, so after he smacked that son in his mouth, he went to the, no, I'm kidding. Jesus left that detail out. Then the father told the other son, now listen, now he had another son, and he told the son, go. And he said, yes, sir, I'm going. But he did not go. Do you know that Jesus commended the first son? The one that said, no, I don't want to go. He did not feel like going and being obedient. And yet, regardless of the way he felt, he changed his mind and was obedient to the will of the father. Jesus said, it's that son that did right. And here's what I would boil down. is You don't have to feel it to be it. I feel like as a culture, we're hooked, we're hooked on a feeling. High on believing. Come on. We're hooked on a, whatever we feel like is what we are like. Well, I don't feel like being kind today, so I'm going to be a jerk today. I don't feel like serving my family today, so I'm not going to. I don't feel like showing up with a good attitude, so I'm not going to. You know, if you go back a couple generations, nobody cared about anybody's feelings. You know, it's so funny. You, you talk to your grandparents, they're like, who cares how you feel? You know, for some reason in this generation, feelings are way up here and everything else. Well, I don't like the way that makes me feel. I know, but brushing your teeth is important. You know, like it's, it's the little things. It's like, it doesn't matter if you feel like there's just some things you need to do. 
right? And so it's not about how you don't have to feel it to be it. Come on, are there any older saints in the house? Any older saints online? They, they didn't read into a lot of your feelings. Now, I'm not saying that we should just not pay attention to the way people feel, but at the same time, we should recognize that we as people, it's maturity to be led by principle and conviction and not by feelings. Feelings come, feelings go. And feelings will lie to you. There are days you'll wake up and you won't feel like being married. There are days you'll wake up and won't feel like going to work. There are days you'll wake up and won't feel like being a good human being. It doesn't mean that you can't. We can't afford to get hooked on feelings. Come on, we got to get hooked on character. We got to get hooked on consistency that I'm going to show up the same way. I might not feel like it, but I'm going to do it. I might not feel like serving God, but I'm going to serve God. I might not feel like getting up early, but I'm going to get up early and be on time. I might not feel like being kind, but I'm going to be kind. You don't have to feel it to be it. God's not looking for, he's not looking for amazing. He's not looking for outgoing. He's not looking for charismatic. He's not looking for swagger that you can put on on occasion. I'm convinced more than ever before, what God is looking for in the earth is just believers that will be consistent in their everyday life. That won't be swayed by emotion, but they will show up and consistently walk in godly character. Consistently walk out God's plan for their life. I'll take consistency over charisma any day of the week. If you believe it, shout amen. I think it's so important that we understand that, listen, because a lot of us, we've got this idea in our mind that what God is looking for is the amazing people. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for the charismatic people. He's looking for those people that can just show up and blow up. Can I tell you, I'm, I'm actually kind of tired of those kind of people because we've got too many people showing up and blowing up. All the while, we're under-celebrating the faithful few who show up every day consistently. They're not the most exciting people all the time, but they're the most consistent. And you know what I've learned is God can do more with consistency than he can with inconsistent charisma. God can trust consistency more than he can trust inconsistent charisma. I will take a B plus every time over an A plus one time and a C minus the next. And you never know what you're going to get. There's nothing more wild than when you show up and you're like, I wonder if Bill's going to be crazy today. You know? Bill, did you take your meds today? You know, <laughs> Susan, is, is that you? Which Susan am I getting today? You know, listen, what God can use is consistency. More than any of the other things, it's consistency that sets us apart. All of the people I know that are walking with Jesus in a meaningful way. They share this trait, consistency. All the people I know that God's using in a significant way, it's consistency that they model in their life. Number two, I want you to write this down. Consistency will set you up for victory. And this is something important that I want you to get in your life because consistency is a platform for God's blessing. It is a standard that we raise against the forces that are at work in our life. Because I don't know if you've noticed or not, but struggles never take a day off. The battles we fight never take a day off. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the enemy never takes a day off. There's always pressure coming against us all the time. Revelation 12.10 says, Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has come at last. 
salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to the earth. The one who accuses them before God day and night. Do you hear that? Day and night. How many know the devil never takes a day off? How many know the news never takes a day off? It's so funny because everything around us keeps on going. The enemy is consistent. There's always a spiritual component that's happening in our lives. And this means that we can't be spiritual people occasionally. Come on, if what we do on Sunday doesn't set us up for Monday through Saturday, we didn't do Sunday right. We don't want to just come play church. We're here to be filled up, built up, inspired to tackle the week we have ahead. It's not enough to read Bible on Sunday and then none other time. It's, it's not enough to be in God's presence and then no other time, day and night. Man, the enemy never takes a day off. There's a war out there. Hurtful people, division, our crazy kids, they never take a day off. It doesn't matter if it's Saturday. My five-year-old's going to be in my face at 6 a.m. Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. How many, how many realize things we deal with in life, they never take a day off. They, they never rest. You guys remember the story of David and Goliath? Even if you haven't been to church before, you know the story of David and Goliath, right? Well, what's interesting about David and Goliath, and I want you to hear this in the story, 1 Samuel 17, verse 16, it says, For 40 days, every morning and every evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. Every day. Goliath showed up every day, morning and night. He never took a day off. Night and day, day after day, Goliath showed up to put pressure on the armies of God. And then you know what David did? David showed up, and in 1 Samuel 17, 40, it says he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into a shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with his shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight that Philistine. You know, I've preached this scripture so many times. I've talked about five being the number of grace. I've talked about Goliath having five brothers. I've talked about the prophetic implications that David would go knock out all the other giants and all these other things. But what if, what if the reason David picked up those stones was so much more simple than that? What if David just wasn't a good shot? What if David knew I need more than one? What if David was just anointed in that moment? That's the only reason he hit him. What if he just got lucky in that one shot? Come on, somebody. I think David was consistent. I think David knew, I'm going to take that giant out. And if I don't get him with the first one, I'll get him with the second one. And if I don't get him with the second one, I'm going to get him with the third one. And if I don't get him with the third one, I'm going to get him with the fourth one. And if I don't get him with the fourth one, I'm going to get him with the fifth one. And if I don't get him with the fifth one, I'm going to meet the Lord. Come on, somebody. <laughs> hey, come on, guys. Some of you know the only reason you, you hunt ducks with a semi-auto is because you ain't a good shot. But you know, here's the credit I'll give you. You're consistent. If I miss it on the first one, feather's going to fly on the second one. Come on, somebody. Here's the thing. You don't have to be amazing if you're consistent. If you'll show up day in and day out, it's so important to recognize consistency actually builds a standard against the things that we face in this life. I believe some of you are here today and you're struggling spiritually. Maybe you're here today and you feel like I'm losing ground in my walk with God. 
I felt like God spoke to me this week and just said this, if the attacks on your life are more consistent than the walk with Jesus in your life, you're going to lose ground. If the attacks on your life, if the daily pressure on your life is more consistent than the walk with Jesus you have in your life, you're going to lose ground. God has not forgotten you. God's hand is not lifted off of your life. God has not forgotten your situation. But He is expecting us to be consistent. And if the enemy's coming every day, but you're only praying once a week, you're going to lose ground, friends. It's, it's a daily rhythm we must set into place. David had to show up with a consistent spirit because he was fighting a consistent enemy. And I need you to know that consistency will actually lead you into a place of victory. If you'll show up every day prayerful, if you'll show up every day with faith in your heart, if you'll show up every day believing God, you're going to take ground in your life. But if the attacks are more consistent you're going to lose ground. In this story, Daniel, little by little, Daniel set himself apart. Daniel was not an overnight success. Daniel was a decade, many decades success. Daniel's proven character day after day. Daniel is trustworthy. Daniel can be counted on. Daniel is a man of integrity. And little by little, God elevated Daniel. Can I just tell you, if you'll be consistent in your workplace, it will lead to promotion. If you'll be consistent in your marriage, it'll lead to long-term success. If you'll be consistent in your parenting, you will raise great kids. God doesn't need you to be amazing. He just needs you to be consistent. 2 Chronicles 16.9. I love this passage. It says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Let me say it this way. God is looking to empower His consistent ones. Your character is key. Your charisma was never a deciding factor in whether God could do something with your life or not. Do you realize that God created a plan for you before He even created you? You are perfectly fashioned for what God has designed you to do. You don't need to be more like someone else. You don't need to be higher on an Enneagram or a different number. You don't need to have a different disc personality. You don't need to be more charismatic or more this or more that. If anything, we all just need to be more consistent because God is looking for people He can count on to show up every day. God's looking for people He can count on to be faithful to Him every day. People like Daniel that no matter what pressures happen outside in the world, He's going to be in that place of prayer. He's going to be in that rhythm of faithfulness. And I think as we head into the days we're living in, the pressure's coming on the church, government regulation here and there, and we can do this and can't do this, and this is legal, now it's not legal, you can do this in a school, and now you can't do that, you can do this in a church, and now you you know what God's looking for? A consistent people that'll say, no matter what goes on out here, I'm going to be faithful to God in here, I'm going to be a person of character and consistency that God can count on when my time comes. Here I am, God. Use me. I'm consistently following you. Consistently submitted to you. Consistently sold out for what you have for me. When my time comes, you'll find me living pure. You'll find me living sold out for the kingdom of God. I'm here, God. Use me. I'm here, God. I'm not the most amazing guy in the room. But here I am every day. Use me, Lord. What I love about David, 
Long before David fought Goliath, you'd find him in the fields, shepherding his daddy's sheep, doing the lowliest job. And you know the thing about a shepherd? You never get a day off. Those sheep wake up every day. Dumb as they were the day before. Come on, somebody. Smelly as they were the day before. Running into the arms of bears like they were the day before. Just consistent. David had gifts, but it was his consistency. I would even say if you look at David's life, his greatest struggles actually were his lack of consistency. So important in the kingdom we value the right things. I think in the kingdom we've elevated gift over character. And I just want you to know today that God sees your faithfulness. God sees you. He sees the private place of of, of sacrifice in your life. He sees that you've showed up every day and you've been loyal to those people that you work with, loyal to those people that work for you. He sees that you've loved those people in private. He saw when you did that good deed and didn't post it on Facebook. (laughs) He saw your consistency. He saw it. And I just want you to write this down. My final thought, I, I think we can all become more consistent. I, I think to realize that there's a starting place for us. I, I don't have, maybe you're the most inconsistent person that's ever been. Maybe you're pretty disciplined and consistent. I would just say, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Because when I look at the season we're in, I just know some of us have been working in our pajamas. Some of us have been going to the office. Some of you have been snip, snap, snip, snap. You don't know what you're doing anymore. You're like, do I buy pants? Do I, do I just need a suit coat? Do I need to go in the office? Do I need to get my oil changed? I haven't driven my car in three months. Like, what, what do I need to do? You know, we, we haven't had consistency in our lives. Are the kids going? Or are they not? Are they wearing masks? Are they not? Are they doing this? Are they not? Are they online? Are they in person? Are they hybrid? Are they? What we need is consistency. And here's what I feel like we need. Listen, we can't always be in charge of all of this, but I can be in charge of this. Here's a great thing to remember, and I want to give this to you before we're done today. Consistency in one area will actually breed consistency in another. You can start with something so simple. I've heard it said the key to success is getting up every day and making your bed. Start with the one thing you can handle on your own and do it every day and build consistency into your life. Young people, get up every day, make your bed. Because you know what? That one discipline will translate into other areas of your life. Maybe you need to say, we're going to have dinner as a family together every night. We got crazy lives, but the one time we're together, we're going to be disciplined and we're going to be consistent to be together. Maybe some of you need to say, you know what? Before I go to bed, I'm going to brush my teeth. I kid, unless you don't, then you need to. Come on, somebody. But listen, start with the small things. Start with the small things. And remember, God's looking for consistency. Let me give you some practical takeaways. And I'd love to challenge you even. Online family, I'd love to challenge you even. Maybe some of the things you need to do now is you need to be in church every Sunday. Maybe your rhythms have been thrown off. Maybe you've been once a month and you're just feeling dry like you're losing ground. Listen, the enemy shows up every week, every day. We need to be in the house of God as often as we can be. As your pastor, hear my heart, be in your Bible every day. If you can't read 10 verses, read one every day and just let it get into your heart because the Word of God will strengthen you. It will heal you. It will wash you. It will empower you. God will speak to you if you'll set aside time to be in His Word every day. 
Maybe some of you need to pray consistently. Maybe you can't pray for 30 minutes. Start with 10. If you can't do 10, do 5. Just do whatever you can do consistently. Don't start, I'm going to get up in the morning, 5 a.m., I'm going to fast and pray for one hour. You're going to last one day. Right? Start with five minutes and just pray. Ask God to speak to you. Here's a big one. Just take a Sabbath every week. The discipline of taking a day off will translate throughout your life. And remember that charisma is not the goal. Consistency is the goal. It's not perfection. It's consistent character. And I'll land with this. I talk to a lot of people, and one of the big themes that I think people get hung up on right now is this. Well, I want to I want to make God proud. I want to, we show up with all we got and then we can't ride that out. We're reading our Bible for an hour a day for like a week. Can I just tell you that God is not looking for you to perform for Him to love you? God's not looking for amazing in you because He already thinks you're amazing. You know, being a father has transformed my walk with God in so many ways, but one of those ways is this. I will tell you and mean it 100% that both of my boys are the most amazing boys in the world. Jabin is the most amazing boy in the world. Jeremiah is the most amazing boy in the world. I could never pick between them. They are diametrically opposed to one another in every single way. They are opposites. And yet I love them fiercely and fully. Can I just tell you, you don't have to be more like somebody else for God to love you more. You are formed and fashioned exactly the way God wanted you to be. And He loves you with a love that you could not even imagine just the way you are. He's not looking for you to be more like somebody else or do things like somebody else or have more. If God wants you to have something, He's going to give it to you. And if God needed you to have something to fulfill His call for your life, He put it in you already. I'm telling you, He doesn't need you to be like, you don't have to compare yourself to anybody. God loves you for you. He created you the way you are. And He loves you. He thinks you're amazing. What He needs is a consistent life that He can use. Consistency will lead to a healthy life. And I just want to pray over you today. And I want to pray that God would get something fresh in our heart as we head into this fall as a church, as a people, as the families that make up. Maybe there's an area of our life that we, we've just gotten so inconsistent. Maybe we've stopped reading our Bibles. Maybe we've stopped praying. Maybe we've let our emotions lead our decisions instead of letting our character and convictions lead our decisions. Maybe we have, we have prioritized the house of God way down here and everything else way up here. Listen, God understands the craziness of what we've been through, but He's still looking for us to rise up in this moment and allow our lives to be a platform that He can move through. Wants to bring healing, bring strength, bring great things into your future. Are you ready for consistency? Would you pray with me? Bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we love You so much. Thank You, Lord, for Your goodness. Thank You for Your touch. Lord, first of all, I just pray for anybody that's here today that doesn't know You in a personal way. Lord, you are the most consistent. That is in your character and in your nature. You never change. You never fail. You never give up on us. Time after time after time, you will come for us again. You are that God. And if there's anybody here today that is not where they need to be with Jesus, but you'd say today, Pastor, I I do want to start over with God. I need a relationship with Jesus, a consistent one. Now I'm going to begin fresh today. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you just say, today I need to choose Jesus, 
and I'm going to consistently choose Jesus from this day forward. I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you today. If you need to choose Jesus, if you need to reach out by faith and anchor your heart and your life in the person of Jesus Christ. One, two, three. Would you just raise your hands all over the room? Go ahead, raise them up high so I can see them. I have so many. Go ahead, raise them high. Just tell the Lord, Lord, I choose you. Just tell him I choose you, not just today, but every day. Forgive me for my inconsistency. Thank you that even when I'm unfaithful, you're faithful. Forgive me, Lord. Give me a new heart and a new start. I trust you. I trust in your sacrifice. I trust in what you did for me on the cross. I trust that you rose from the grave and you're alive today. And I give you my whole life. Give me a new start today, Lord. Help me to begin fresh. Help me to serve you every single day. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today and you just say, Pastor, I love Jesus, but I I need to be more consistent in an area. I need to be committed in an area. I just believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of us today. And if that's you and you just say, Pastor, would you pray for me? God's speaking to me about something. Would you just raise your hand right now? One, two, three. I just want to see you. Thank you, Father. Can we all stand to our feet all across this room? I need to get you out of here for cotton candy and all that. But I want to bless you and I want to pray over you. Can we just put our hands together and just thank God for what He's doing in the hearts of these people that said yes to Jesus? The decision to choose Jesus today will be the best one you've ever made in your life. And we want to pray over you that are choosing Jesus. We want to pray over you that God is speaking to, that the Spirit of God would help you be consistent. So Father, we love you so much. We thank you for new life. We thank you for decisions to serve you. And Lord, I just thank you for this great church. I pray blessing over them. I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that, Lord, you would help us to be consistent, to make the tweaks we need to go to this next level, to, to bring health and life into our families. Father, bless your people. May we leave here with a strong conviction to serve you with a consistent spirit. May we not get caught up in charisma, but may we value integrity above all. We pray for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.